Hi guys, we are here on the podcast today with Miss Beck Hibbard to talk about all things money. Now, I know for some people that's going to make you feel a little bit icky, a little bit queasy, a little bit uncomfortable. Good. I'm glad because I love money. And as we say, money loves me. But money for me has been a really interesting journey. And I'm sure it has for you as well, Beck, which is why I wanted to get you on here today and talk to you, talk to people around about, you know, about money and what it means to you, but your experience with it as well. Um, I'm 38, so it's taking me a little while to get to a point where I feel like a mature woman having a professional and a inflow experience with money. Tell me, Beck, where did you start with money, like in terms of your first experience with money and feeling like oh my goodness like did you ever did you feel connected to it in a certain way before you started to do what you're doing now which is obviously attracting receiving holding stacking um all the fun stuff that we get to do and play with the resource that is money yes I'm so excited to be here oh I love talking about money P.S. I cannot believe you're 38 for real you literally <laughs> 32 what the hell <laughs> Like, whoa, my mind just got blown already. <laughs> oh, look out. Wild. Um, my story with money is a really interesting one. So I kind of did all the things with money that, you know, I had to, for- I'm going to say I had to forgive myself for, because often a lot of the time we have done things with money in the past and we carry around a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. And then that projects itself onto our future money and how we handle it whether we receive it, whether we're blocked, because if we feel guilty or if we feel like we can't trust ourselves with money, then we're less likely to receive it because we're an instant block. So for me, um, you know, I had these money beliefs as a child and, you know, we can talk a bit more about how your beliefs are formed, but I had this money belief that you had to work hard for money that come from my dad. And then I had the belief that women weren't trusted with money um, because my mom was a stay at home mom and she was looking after five children. And my dad was the one who was making you know, all the money in his trucking company. And so when my mom would want to spend money on like face cream, which she should, like, hello, you know, self care is so important. Like her, she, she should have been paid a wage for her job. And you know, there's <laughs> nothing against my parents. I love them both dearly, but there was always fights that would arise. My dad was like, this is my money. Um, you know, you're spending it on things that are really, you know, not important to the family. And it was like, women can't be trusted with money. So I formed these two beliefs that a I had to work super hard for money and if I wasn't hustling grinding working 12 hours a day six days a week I wasn't worthy of it so therefore I was not a clear channel to receive it via other ways other than hard work and doing air quotations um and then secondly when I did get money I didn't trust myself with it so I would self-sabotage myself because I had this belief that women weren't good with money so it's like no matter what I did I would self-sabotage and One of the biggest um, ways that I self-sabotaged was when I, um, a few years ago, I was married. And so I had a husband, we brought a house, we had a whole heap of personal loans, um, we had cars and everything else. And now I want to preface, debt is not bad. Okay, so there's no shame. If anyone has debt here, there is no shame around debt. Debt is just the a way of getting something quickly and paying it off over time there is no shame around this however i was kind of um 
irresponsible in a way with my debt. So I had a lot of debt accumulating. And when I become a stay-at-home mom myself, I kind of just neglected the debt a lot. And so when my husband left my daughter and I, I was in this world of debt. And so I had all of the house repayments to try and pay, the car repayments, all of our personal loans, and I had to go bankrupt. Like I literally could not service, we were in like 60Ks debt, and I could not service the loans myself. Um, And so the only way to, you know, get half of it paid would be to sue and all of this stuff. So my legal team were like, Beck, go bankrupt for three years clear your name, start from scratch. So I literally started from zero, like completely broke. When you go bankrupt, everything gets taken. The house got repossessed. The car got repossessed. Your bank accounts get frozen. They'll take whatever they can to try and pay off the debt that you owe. And then you start at zero. So from that experience, I was literally not trusting myself again, even more with money. It was like reaffirming that limiting pattern, that limiting belief that was like, yeah, you screwed up with the money. Like, you know, your dad's right. Women can't be trusted with money. And and so I had to do a lot, a lot, a lot of inner work to really rewrite that belief and forgive myself and understand that we all screw up in some way with money, right? It's this thing. A lot of the time we're in households where it's taboo to talk about. So you can't even talk about it. You can't even ask someone how much like money they make, right? So it's like, you have no idea what this thing is, but it pays for everything. So that kind of was my initial start with money. I love it. Ah, So much of this resonates with me. We lost $40,000 to a guy in the UK and we didn't do bankruptcy, but it's interesting because I know it used to be seven years, but now Mm. it's three. And it took us exactly three years to get out of the um, debt that we had from the thing that we didn't get and all that experience. And it's pretty funny because I think my money mindset experience started to really come into play when I had my kids and everything changed and I couldn't just burn myself out and be married to the jobs and earn lots of money and be the most masculine me. I had to soften, become the mom, become the nurturer and find a new way of making money. That's when I was first introduced to passive income. Um, And that's when my husband and I purchased a food truck to be an add-on to our then coffee shop. And this guy strung us along for pretty much the first 18 months of my baby's life. So I feel like I missed out on a lot. We went overseas to get it. And the guy was still just, it was just so awful. I'm pretty sure there was something sinister going on below the lines in terms of weird things happening. We're like, I think maybe he was a gambler because he's still kind of saying he's going to give us this thing, but then he never does. And all these weird things happen to his workshop. But I remember being in Frankfurt, walking across a zebra crossing and looking at my husband and going, this is hilarious. We're going to walk away from this because the the trauma and the shame and the guilt and the failure piece when it came to losing money to walk away from the money and just go, you know, I need to pay this debt back. And that's just the way it is. We can make more money and to feel more optimistic and empowered through that mindset around it felt more exciting, even though we still had the debt then continuing to chase the the thing that we were never going to get. And we were like, 
how can I feel this? Like, because it was 18 months of trauma, right? And I was like, how can I feel this good in this much debt? Because I've been taught debt is so bad. And it's just simply not, as you said, it is a choice to pay something off over time and to be loaned the money. Now, obviously, you and I know each other through network marketing. I'd love for you to talk me through your experience, because obviously you've been in job roles before, but are you, am I maybe picking up that you, that passive income and understanding what passive income is and the exponential access to growth in passive income, talk me through your experience with passive income because it is a different way of people earning income, right? So we know how to work, we know how to earn. But tell me your experience with passive income, your first, I guess, um, relationship with actually receiving it and talk me through how you now have the um, empowerment and the confidence to hold, receive and spend that passive income. Talk me through your version. Yeah, 100%. So before network marketing, I was working 40 hours a week as a project manager for a construction company. So within that, and here's what I want to say, there's no chalkboard in the sky that says you can only receive money through your job. And I think when you do work a nine to five, you really just believe that that's the only one way money can come in. Whereas if you're a clear channel for money, it can come in all sorts of ways. Like there's refunds, there's people owing people money. You know, you can just get a random check in the mail from, you know, a past bank account that you had or something, right? So there's all sorts of ways to make money. However, I was very like pigeonholed in the way that I was like, okay, I work a nine to five. I'm only making, I think it was like 50, 55K was my salary back then. Yeah, 55K <laughs> per annum. And then that was it. And it was kind of like, I knew exactly how much I was making each month. I knew exactly where everything went. And, you know, we didn't kind of dream for more. And so what I want to say, if you do, if you're listening to this and you do work a nine to five, understand that there is many, many ways that money can come to you. You just have to truly believe that you will be a clear vibrational match to receive money in many ways. So, but once you create passive income, and that's what we've done with the network marketing profession, which is what I love, it literally allows like the everyday person to create a successful online business. And so with doing so, it's like you create money whilst you're sleeping. Like I know for me, I have an international team and while I'm sleeping, like they're over there, they're killing it, they're placing orders, they're doing sales and everything like that. And even beyond that, because I also have another business where I do a lot of um, course creation. So I do have a course where I help women within the network marketing profession really grow their business. And so I will like wake up to notifications in the morning saying so-and-so purchased your course. And it's an incredible feeling because I literally have created something. It only took me a few hours, but I'm getting paid on it and paid on it and paid on it. So whether you are someone that, you know, is new to entrepreneurship, there's many ways that you can create money and many streams. Like you could create an ebook, you could create a digital product, a course, anything and get paid on it, um, which is really cool. And the importance of, you know, stacking, and I love that you said stacking um, as opposed to saving. And here's the thing, and I'm such a controversial money coach, like honestly, when it comes to <laughs> saving, it irks me and it shits me. I don't know if I'm going to say, but it shits me to tears when people say, <laughs> when people say you have to save X amount of dollars and you need to have this much money in your bank account, or you should pay down your debt before you live. It's like, it's your freaking money. Do whatever you want 
with your money because I refuse to believe in saving for a rainy day because if I save for a rainy day, you can bet I'm going to get rainy days. Like that's it. So for me, I love stacking. I love going in my bank account and just seeing money there. It's a good feeling. And for me, that's wealth. Just knowing if anything was to arise, like Muffin, my cat, he was sick recently and it was a $1,700 vet bill just straight away because um, he had emergency surgery. And no, that's not a lot of money to some, but then it is to others. But the fact that I just had that money there and it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm touching my savings. <gasps> like, I don't want to touch my savings. I don't have my three months. Oh my God. It was just like, yeah, what do I need to do? Transfer that to this account, swipe the card. He's now well and good. Let's go. So it's a very different vibrational energy with stacking money and holding it. And if you're someone that struggles to stack your money and keep it, I would really ask yourself, you know, it sounds like you're in a feast or famine cycle. Mm. And so I would ask yourself, I would go back in time and I would go back to the age of zero, between zero and eight, because that's where your most dominating money beliefs come from. They come from your parents or your grandparents, whoever raised you. And I would go back to that age group and visualize yourself at that age, understanding who was it that was either reckless with money or who was it that was constantly living in a feast to famine cycle around you. Because as we get older, we are just adopting someone else's belief. And then that belief creates a pattern that you live out. So if you have, say, for example, like your mom or your dad, if they were constantly like feast or famine, yeah, we're going to live like kings, you know, for the first three days of the week, Woo, we're going to go out and eat, you know, dinner out and we're going to go shopping. And then like the last like four days, it's like, do not, you know, hire any movies out, right? Like, <laughs> like do not do this. We're not, we're like eating noodles in the cupboard. Well, then you are going to create that pattern and you're going to emulate it. And it doesn't matter how much money you get. Someone could literally give you a million dollars. You would literally find a way to blow that money within the first few days and then have nothing towards the end. So it's not until you go back to that place and go, what is my belief? And then you can recognize it and start reworking it into one that serves you more. Yeah, I love it. It's exactly, I agree. I got you. I got you. Um, the interesting thing is, is if you are feeling uncomfortable around um, passive income or if you don't really understand it, I want to highlight because <clears throat> you put a few examples in there. My husband is an artist, like he's a painter. That explains all of your artwork. I'm obsessed yes. with artwork everywhere. I need it all. <laughs> I'll take you, I'll take a photo of our living room and you will be oh. obsessed from there. He's currently, yeah, having an interesting day with his new toy. Um, but art, so art, it's like, okay, well, how can I create passive income? And it's quite controversial in the art industry right now. So to simplify it, we most of us have Spotify as some sort of streaming device, right? Do you feel like it's unfair? And this is a question not to you, because I know you understand this, but to anyone listening, do you feel it's unfair when you put on, say, a um, Fleetwood Mac, you know, song, you guys need to understand they get a royalty for that. That is passive income. Mm -hmm. NFTs for artists are like passive income. So I didn't know this, but in a nutshell, basically an artist can create the digital format in which they have an artwork. So on the little blockchain, um, every time that gets resold, and this is really interesting because an artist can create an artwork very early on in their career and they can sell it for $500. Somebody might buy that, then they, buy, then they sell it, sell it, sell it, sell it. And say 10 years into that artist's career, they're selling this artwork for a million dollars. 
but the artist gets none of it. Whereas in the digital world, in the NFT artwork space, that artist actually receives a percentage of it every time it's sold on that blockchain. And so what I want people to really understand is you've got to put the effort in the, in the beginning, um, which is going to segue into my next question. Um, you've got to put the effort in in the beginning, but you can get paid for life if you can just wrap your head around it being different to what we traditionally know. And so I want to talk to you because I did listen to your amazing episode five podcast yesterday about online income and about hustle. I did your beautiful masterclass this year in um, with Re as well. And I would love to expand a bit on your episode yesterday. So you spoke about hustle culture and leaning into it and buying into it and having a new view on your business and how to receive and hold money um, outside of that hustle because I've definitely been in that myself when I was a personal trainer, burnt myself out. I was earning $4,000 a week and I had to walk away from it because I simply did not have skills or um, I did not know how to self-love, which was put up things like outsourcing and you know, understand where my boundaries were. And so as a 26-year-old earning that kind of income, I had to walk away from it because I only knew one way or another, which is you work your ass off or you don't. Um, and then you go and find something else to put all your energy into. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit about, you know, in a nutshell, your episode yesterday, you were talking about the hustle culture and there's nothing wrong with it. Like people love hustle. And like you said, sometimes you have to turn it up. Sometimes you turn it, dial it back. But talk me through what, um, and obviously, and I know you've done this in your nine to fives, where you've worked really, really hard and you've gotten a great paycheck and what, and you've probably applied similar principles over here in our network marketing space and probably maybe in the e-course side of things as well. But talk me through, when did you really realize that, you know what, this isn't for me and I can, I need to do something about this, but also how did you work your way through going, what can I do about this? How can I, instead of you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, how can I create the life that I want um, and move away from the hustle culture, but still maintain um, the receiving of the cash flow outside of, you know, what you're doing? Talk me through where your pivotal moment was. Yeah, 100%. So at the start of this year, I was doing crazy hours in my business. I was literally doing 11 to 12 hour days, six days a week. I wasn't finishing until like eight, nine o'clock on a Saturday, um, missing out on time with my daughter. And I truly believed uh, for a long time that this is what I needed to do in order to achieve success. And again, it comes back to that deep rooted belief around money. They all correlate, which is so interesting, but it comes back to the belief of my dad. He worked really hard in his trucking company. He worked like sometimes 80 hours a week. He was on the road. He never was at school events. We never seen him. He never came to church. Like he was always like doing the most for our family, um, which I, you know, we so appreciate, but that's where the belief come from sacrifice. I had to sacrifice family time in order to be successful. I had to work hard in order to make money. And even my granddad would reaffirm it. Every time I'd see him, he'd be like, are you working hard for your money? You know? And I was like, yes, I am. And so, yeah, right. Like I always had this mindset of, I had to work hard. I had to work hard. And it, I was driving um, on the highway to get my daughter from my dad's house. And 
I literally just was crying. I was crying to my partner and I was like, if this is success, I don't want it. Like, I don't want it. I've done it. I'm so sick of this. I moved the needle forward in my business. However, it wasn't a whole heap. Like it wasn't like I made like these crazy, you know, 20K, 50K, 100K months. It wasn't that. It was a really small incremental shift in my business. And I was like, what is the point in this? What is the point in this? And then I suddenly received a download and I was talking to Rhea as well, who's um, a good friend of mine and life coach. And we run the mastermind together. Um, And we were chatting on speaker as I was driving because I was like, I need to you know, I love, I love my partner, but you know what men are like, sometimes they're kind of like, Oh, she's losing it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so he was kind of like, just, solve it. just don't do it anymore. You're like, that's not the answer. Right? <laughs> and you're like, that doesn't help me. Come on. Right. I love you. So, <laughs> literally, it's like the, the, I love them, but they're, they're not great at advice. So I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I love you, but you're not helping me. So I'm going to call Ree. And I called her and, um, And yeah, and we were chatting about, you know, you get to create the rules around your reality. And that's what it comes down to. And because I had the reality and because I had the pattern, again, stemming from a child that I had to work hard in order to be successful and make money, that was my reality because I was believing in that belief. Because your belief creates a pattern and then a pattern creates your reality. Like if you learn anything, it's those three things, belief, pattern, reality. And so I was like, okay, I've identified my belief being my dad. I'm creating, you know, this is creating the pattern and this is now my reality. And I was like, well, all I need to do is change the belief. That's it. All I need to do is change the belief. I need to believe that I could be more successful and work less and I could make more money and work less. And so I was like, all right, well, how do you change that belief? Okay, I have to start showing up as that. I have to start showing up as the person that has more money, has more success. I have to be okay with resting, which for me was not something that I was comfortable. I'm always the person, if I ever watch Netflix, I'm like on my phone, my laptop's out. It's like, I can't just sit there and like watch the show, you know, because the guilt comes in. It's like, you've got to be doing all the things. So I was like, okay. I have to be okay with rest. Okay, I have to make time for my family. I have to make time for my friends. And I just started showing up and then I had to remain in the abundance mindset that my money wouldn't falter. My money wouldn't falter and it would increase. And throughout time it did. It increased, it increased. And, you know, now I make multiple six figures a year. I work two to four hours a day. Um, And like, it's just a belief. It's just a belief. And throughout that, and these are things that we teach in the mastermind, but you get good at delegating. You understand that you don't have to do everything. You can start to delegate to people and that makes life easier. And you understand that if you only have two to four hours a day to do your work, well, those two to four hours are like laser focused. You've got your blinkers on. It's like headphones in, let's smash it out. And it comes back to that age old saying, like, if you give someone eight hours to clean their house, they're going to take the full eight hours. Whereas if you give someone one hour to clean the house, they're going to do it within the hour. Had the house changed, like had the house grown a few bedrooms and a few bathrooms? No, it's the exact same house, but it's the time in which you dedicate and put yourself on a timeline in order to achieve that. I love that. And tell me, because I was on a call, I, I think during that first mastermind, I remember the first couple of calls where Ray was like, see what happens here when Ray's like I work two to four hours a day and you're like okay cool and I think people have this illusion that it's like hey I just wake up and I work two hours a day and it's but it's 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 almost like you're so focused on the other work that you're doing that you can create that space tell me how quickly was it um available to you to feel comfortable confident um not anxious 
um, like not stressed or worried that that experience is now your new truth or your new up-leveling. Obviously, you decided to get out, lean into those edges and to get to that next level where two to four hours was your true belief. Um, any tips or tricks or practical ways that you moved into that to be your new belief system? Mm, definitely. It probably took, you know, a month to really like settle into that yeah. because I think we need to give ourselves grace. Like you've been running for this belief system for like your whole life. So <laughs> depending on how old you are, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever, it's like, you know, if you're 50 years old, you've been running that belief system for 50 years. Like that's what you've known. And that that's going to take some work to break. It's going to take a lot of inner work. Um, so for me, there was a lot of things that I did literally courses and coaches like the quickest way to success hiring a coach to keep you accountable they will always bring you back to center to what you you know originally signed on to them and I've always got a coach at every aspect through my career so my coach was like right this is what we're working on come back to that and I would message her and I'll be like oh I feel like you need to work more and she's like no 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 enough's enough like let's go back to that point she even told me she's like that's it you're taking Wednesdays off from now so now I don't even work Wednesdays <laughs> I was like okay I'm doing the thing um so courses coaches um even masterminds you know group coaching containers are great um because they'll keep you accountable but that that's the first thing is having someone keep you accountable to that and someone that you want to, that is where you want to be, you know, partner up like with the coach that I have, she's, um, she's not even in the industry that I'm in. She's completely separate industry. She doesn't even know hardly anything about network marketing, but it was the lifestyle. It was everything that she showed up as that I wanted to emulate. So I was like, okay, you're the coach for me. So that's one of the ones, um, again, being grace, like giving yourself grace, it's going to take time being gentle with yourself. And then the third tip is I would write out a list every single day of the things that you need to do. Um, and it's funny because I used to be so much in a calendar. Oh my God. I would map out my day-to-day -day life every second of the day in a calendar. I kid you not. Like my calendar would be booked from like seven till nine at night. Now, all I do is just have a to-do list on the notes in my phone because it feels more easier for me. It feels more like flow. Um, and so I just have this calendar and I just check things off throughout the day. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to check a few things off and I just check them off and then I feel good. So write down everything that you need to get done and then only do the things that really are important and then see what you can delegate because I promise you, you don't need to do everything on your to-do list. There are people that can help you and people that do it better than you. You just have to, again, release. Um, if you want more time back, well, then, yeah, there's going to be a part of you that needs to free that up and how you do that is giving some things to other people. Awesome. I know we've both got to go, but just quickly, tell me what is your easiest and hardest belief I know those words, we don't want to use them, but we're going to use them anyway for this example. The easiest belief that you've been able to release and let go and the hardest one that you think that you've been able to release and let go from your experience so far with money. Yes. The easiest belief um, is understanding that money can come from all areas, all aspects of life. Um, you know, when I was calling in my, my dream car and I did a podcast episode on this, when I called in my dream car, my Mercedes, I had money coming from all sorts of ways, like things I could have never predicted. So I just constantly went back to, you know, that belief. And if you struggle with a belief that you want to change, you can always 
go to the time of the place when the belief was true. So for me, when I was like, oh, money has to come from my business only, or say I have this goal to make 50 grand a month and I'm like, oh, it has to come from my business. I can really go, well, hang on, let's go back to the time when you manifested your car and you had money come from like three or four different ways you could have never expected that let's straight away debunk that belief straight off the bat. And then the hardest one is the working one, having to work hard for your money. Like, and that's a belief that honestly will probably take me like 20 years to just constantly rewrite, 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 because you're never, you know, I'm sure one day I'll be on top of it, but it's, it's a work in progress, you know, to say tomorrow I could do two hours in my business and then feel guilty and be like, oh my God, that's not enough. I have to do more. And then it's like, hang on no, we're not subscribing to this belief. Let's do some inner work. Let's debunk it. Go back to your proper beliefs, the new beliefs, and then let's work from there. So it's always a journey. um, And that's why I'm a huge advocate for giving yourself grace and just being patient with yourself when those beliefs come up. Yeah. I'm sure that when the transformation or the progress between working for someone and even deciding to be in network marketing would have been a level of it's got to be an easier way and then even you know your next jump there um top three books that you're such an inspiration sharing and thank you for sharing your car manifestation I think I spoke to you on the weekend and I said to you I know I'm late to the party but I've just started listening to the secret and letting go of the how and I loved that your episode was there for me to lean into last week I have totally stalked you in the last seven days which has been great but letting go of the how and obviously speaking to Rhea about this as well like am I just like what has happened that it's taken me this long for this light bulb switch to go on? Uh, but thank you also for sharing all of your books and just putting this all of this information into conversation is so helpful to so many people to see things from another way when we know that sometimes we feel stuck or we feel miserable and that way doesn't serve us because it doesn't feel aligned and being able to move into a new way of looking at things and whether it serves you forever or for a short period of time, that's okay. Tell me, what are your top three books that you are either listening to or you want to listen to or that you have listened to that have changed your perspective on how to live your lifestyle? And then once you've shared that, that will be the end of our podcast and we and we can go pick up our children. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, the, I literally grabbed my Audible. So the top three, um, my number one is Rich as Fuck by Amanda Francis. <laughs> that was my workout. <laughs> like up today yes (laughs) honestly I've listened to her book so many times um I've done her courses like I'm 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 the stalker for her I'm literally her stalker um and then the other one is you are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero um and then the third is we should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers those really are incredible books from powerful women earning multiple seven figures um so yeah cannot recommend listening to those books enough or reading them wonderful thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your time your energy and your space you are very inspiring and I'm so grateful that you get to share and show up and teach us more about money, more about breaking out those, you know, limiting beliefs. And thank you very much for jumping on the call today, Beck. Have a wonderful afternoon and I will see you on the flip side. Thanks, girl. Bye.